This is episode 96, folks. Welcome to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Helping you keep your finger firmly pressed on the decking industry, the people in it, and the information you need to master the backyard. And now, now. host of the Ultimate Deck Podcast, Shane Chapman. Welcome, everybody, to the Ultimate Deck Podcast, episode 96. Big number. Yeah, we're getting awfully close to that centurion mark. 100. Um, 100. We uh, we started this a little bit later than we wanted to uh, for a variety of reasons, but one of which was we had to get a big political discussion out of the way before we hit the record button between Bryce and I here. We were almost ready to start. I'm not sure I'm ready to let it go yet, but I'm sure fired up now. And you like, are fired. Fired up, yet physically tired now. I'm, I feel emotionally drained. Yes, because you you hate politics. I just, like, I, there's not a whole lot I like about it. <laughs> Wade's not here. I don't care what stripe they are. They're all shitty. Yeah. That's my problem with it nowadays is that they're all shitty. But anyways, I thought let me could chat a little bit about the state of, like, so there's politics in Canada, and then there's politics in the U.S., and, like, they're both equally as frustrating, but, yeah, like, they're the, same. the U.S. is it's pretty wild down there right now. They they're are. a little bit closer to their election, though, right? So it's a little bit more fired up and there's a lot of other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, they're ready there. to say but, anything. Right. But I I find it funny that we're now um we're we're lynching somebody for a haircut down there. Yeah. Right now, which I think that's that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's where that's, we're at in politics today. That's where we're, uh, Let's that's uh, lynch you for your haircut. Really taking care of priorities down there. Yeah, exactly, right? But that said, she should be lynched for <laughs> She should be lynched for her haircut. I don't think I've seen it yet. Oh, God. It's just like, it's such a hypocritical move. Haircut? It's a hypocritical haircut? From the lady who stands on the podium the most, trying to keep everybody under control to then go do exactly what she's telling you right not to do anyway nancy pelosi i want to see it she's like she's crazy too they're all crazy um what you got i don't know how was your week Bryce, we got biggest debates in the industry is what we're gonna talk about when we get to it debates we got some fun ones coming up though i think we've thrown some ideas around for some podcasts coming up that mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to doing um because it'll be more fun let's get some life into some this. end of season light-hearted stuff light-hearted so uh what do i got going on i don't know like things have really slowed down here in the last couple of weeks so and double that with my family being out of town right now means i've been working some late nights and getting some stuff done oh um i would be lying if i said i'm completely productive between 5.30 when everybody leaves <laughs> and 10 when I go home, but I get a few things done you in there. get extra stuff done. And I get a lot of TikToking done in there too. Right, exactly. Uh, the speaking hole. of which, TikTok. TikTok. It's supposed to be banned. I saw a commercial for TikTok on TV. On the TV? On the TV. Get out. It was crazy. It was just a bunch of videos, like watching TikTok, but it was on TV. Steve Aoki strange old grandmas doing dances i always find that weird when like new medias use old medias to promote themselves i guess it makes sense though you're trying to transition people away from one media to the next but uh so this comes up fairly frequently for us because um i i this is my job at the at the ultimate deck shop here is Mm -hmm. i do like i manage the marketing and what we spend money on and whatever and like i've got my opinions about what medias work and don't 
whatever. And Wade's like 85 so he still thinks that <laughs> like magazines and newspapers are the best way to go about this whole thing so he's let's always pushing f- me about let's radio. hand out flyers yeah my point for my stance on this whole thing is that everything works yeah everything works I it's agree. just how well does it work and how expensive is it that's the mm. trick it's not that there's any media that's dead no no not at all right it's who's your target though right right so can radio work? Yeah, radio works. Yep. Does TV work? Yeah, TV also works. TV social, works. Social works. Print works. Print works too, yeah. Yeah. It's just how much does it cost to make it work? Could be a lot. Could be tons. So um, it's not that funny that TikTok's promoting on TV, I guess. I just think it's no. unnecessary. People are already like... I think, it, I think it's like a... I can... Political play for them, though. You know what I mean? Like, let's uh, maybe boost our social image so people don't think we're stealing all of their data. Could be. Could be. I just doubt that there's anybody that's sitting watching TV that doesn't have the app already that then mm. sees the commercial and is like, now's the time. Getting on TikTok. NBC said it's right. that I should own a Slap Chop and a TikTok. Oh, yeah. What if you so use them together? If you, if you made a TikTok <laughs> with a Slap Chop. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Slap. TikTok. Slap talk. Slap talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, I we were sitting here just trying to think like, what do we what do we fill the first? We always have this monologue at the start. It's a monologue. Is it a monologue? It's sometimes. Uh, it depends. <laughs> and we were trying to think like, what's happening in the world today we can talk about before we get into this. And like, it was just... <laughs> It was so dreary. Cities burning, people dying, and yeah. COVID everywhere. It's like <laughs> schools back. Oh my God. Schools back. Let's make all our kids wear masks. Right? How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm not a super big fan, but God, I I'll do it. Yeah, my 13 year old's going back. Yeah, they have to go back. They have to go back. That's the important thing, in my opinion. They got to go back. If, like, listen here. You want to get into that? You'd be crazy to not (laughs) go back here. Yes. Like you can't have less cases than what we have right now. We have zero. Is the one guy healed? There was one guy. He's He's good now. Okay. So we have zero confirmed cases. Of course, that doesn't mean there's zero cases in Regina. I'm sure there's a, there's a handful of people floating out there with COVID. I mean, we probably have it. Probably, but that's okay. Um, But how it, like when there's zero confirmed cases, which means that there are Zero people sick enough to ha- to want to go get tested for it. Exactly. Then how do you justify shutting anything down at this point? You, I, and they people, did. Like, there's obviously some people that are losing their shit over like, oh, I'm not sending my kids back. How, what, then when are you? Exactly. When does it stop? When does the If zero stop? isn't the number <laughs> for you, what is? Oh, they just keep moving the goalpost, man. Uh, right? All the time. They, there's nothing that there's nothing we could do in terms of COVID to fix it. We scared people and it ain't going away. That's the thing. So like no, if, if people are, if people, these people that are fighting that they don't want their kids to go back to school, I'm talking again in Regina because this is the mm-hmm. safest place ever yes. right now with this whole thing. If they don't want them to go back now um, at zero, like they're, I don't know what their end goal, what the end looks like for them because this isn't, I think it's pretty well established. This is not going away. This is, there's no like day where it's like, it's been eradicated. 
in the world. December 25th, 2020. <laughs> so either you're going, so in your current emotional position either means you're yep. going to forever homeschool them or not. Exactly. And uh, I could tell you, I love my kid. I do not want to homeschool her. You wouldn't love her anymore. That's why <laughs> teachers get paid. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think it's I think it's bloody silly. Like they're gonna have to go out to school. Is it gonna result in a, a big surge in cases? I don't think so. Is it gonna result in some new cases? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be a few. Yeah. Does it mean we go from zero to six thousand in a month? Nope. I don't mm, think so. To, to, then we'd have a problem. Then we'd have a problem. So anyway, uh, back to school is around the corner. It's uh, yep. Tuesday here is when things start after this weekend. And this Staggered. weekend here is Labor Day, which is a Canadian holiday. Yeah. What is Labor Day? Do you know? Because I have no idea. Like what's behind the Why? day? It's a uh, the labor movement. It's uh, like a like it's unions are behind it. Unions. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, but I actually unions. think I think it like it's a I don't it's a it's a holiday for the labor movement, which is that's kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah, right. Is it? It's a holiday Yay for working and jobs. But it's a holiday for have a day off. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> don't work on that day though. But why don't you wear white after Labor Day? Oh, that I don't. What's know. What's that from? I don't know what the hell that's about. Is that a religious thing? Is that a religious thing? I feel like that's a religious thing. <laughs> I don't think it is, though. Well, you can't wear white after... What is it? You can't wear white after... What? There's a religious thing where about wearing white, isn't there? Your wedding? Fine, you don't eat meat after <laughs> after Easter, and then you also can't wear white, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's Lent. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's white, yeah. though. But does that have to do with just getting meat stains on your, on your white oh, clothes? Oh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't well, want to get the juice drippings everywhere. I, I assumed barbecue season that's why you can't wear white that's why you can't wear white tailgating and football happens in september oh yeah so don't wear white that's just did you hear this is not a it's not anything important it's just a suggestion that you shouldn't wear yes. white clothes when you're barbecuing yeah when you're dripping stuff all over you <laughs> uh, john ryan's trying out for an nfl team the whole cfl is i know is he actually have tryouts though yeah he's got tryouts so i just read the other day that 90 I read this this morning. 90 CFL players have uh, opted out of their contracts to go take cracks at the NFL right now. No. So 90. <laughs> it's like, obviously. Two teams. Yes. <laughs> two teams worth. Everybody. Like, I don't know. I, but why wouldn't you at this point? Like, if you, so for our American friends who don't give two shites about what we're talking yeah. about here right now, the CFL, um, but they should. There's probably a lot of names in CFL they recognize from college football and whatnot. There's, mm -hmm. some, there's some good football being, being played in, in Canada. Uh, but the store, the reason for this all is the CFL had to cancel its season because of COVID, but they took a long time to make that decision. Way too long. It just long. happened like two weeks ago. They drug it on, tried to find some way to, to play out the rest of the season in a bubble. And in the end, it ended up all falling apart. Season got canceled. Mm -hmm. So I believe... Probably just as more goodwill than anything, the CFL said, okay, you know what? Because this opportunity to play and make money is gone yeah. for this year now, we are going to allow our players, if they have legitimate NFL opportunities, to opt out of their contracts to go take a shot at the NFL. And uh, then you can, if you don't make it, you can return for the 2021 season. And it's, uh, there's an exodus. Uh, <laughs> 90 players have opted out and have NFL. Do, aspirations do we even have a league next year 
Yeah, who knows? Like you probably have a pretty good shot by next year. Oh uh, yeah, maybe we should. Maybe that's what we should do. So the Rough Riders have lost both kickers, John Ryan and Brett Lowther, have both opted out of their contracts mm-hmm. and are both having NFL opportunities. And so we may not have any kickers. You could kick next year, Brace. Kick. We should. That should be the the story. The Rudy. Yeah, or uh, or Invincible. Oh yeah, I Invincible. Like that one, right. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Uh, anyways, good luck to all the CFL players trying to make the NFL. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> have you been watching money. basketball? I haven't. Did you watch? You didn't. Do you ever watch basketball? Not usually. Not usually. Okay. But did you see the no. Raptors the other day? The they've been doing beer? really good, right? Well, they. I mean, they swept the first series, but they're they were down two and zero, and then they in against Boston. The first two games and the third game, they were like they were down three and zero. They were the game was over. It was over. They they let some shit happen. They were down by two with point five seconds left, and Kyle Lowry makes this uh, like unbelievable pass that had it been off anywhere else would have like I'm sure the buzzer would have went off for for OG. Yeah. I don't know. He got rid of the ball, but he gets the shot off quickly and nails a three pointer for the win. As the buzzer goes, as the ball leaves his hand, uh, pretty crazy amazing. And the cool part about it was as a, like that was not the design play. Like literally the four other options <laughs> expired. <laughs> were not there. And all of a sudden OG opens up and Lowry sees him and passes across court pass right into like where the ball has to be so he can almost like catch it in motion he's to shoot shooting already while he gets the ball so he doesn't run out of time pretty crazy so now the series is at two to one raptors are still in trouble of course they are um we got a podcast idea from precision here it says we should do some tool reviews like saw blades best products blah blah, blah. I, I think that would be a great option but i'm in no position to give you that feedback because I, I would have to have all those things sent to us and we'd have to try them and, and yeah. see. I'm willing to do it. Do it. <laughs> if uh, if <laughs> we are able to get our hands on some saw blades and tools and try them all because I'm a few years removed from using the tools myself. I mean, the only thing you could really speak to right now is track saws. Track saws! <laughs> but as far as brands though, I only ever own the Makita. So if you, like people ask me all the time, what do you recommend? The Makita, the DeWalt, or the Festival? And I'm like, all I can tell you is that the Makita was the cheapest of the three and I loved it and I had no issues with it. So that's the one I see that. the most of. Yeah, it's the most affordable one, but I would go battery. I would go battery. Like my only complaint about my track saw ever was like dragging a cord behind or sometimes in the middle of a cut and your cord gets snagged in something and it like stops in your track. Mm. That was frustrating. So I would go cordless. What are we doing? This is part of uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> you just kept going. It's on like, here. Oh, uh. Let's Okay. Let's stop that and start this. Just so you know, Mom, I'm working on something very, very big, very important. You're going to be very proud. It's the worldly news. God, I hope you found something more interesting than what's in the mainstream media these days. Bad news or good news first? I don't care. Um, no, yes, I do. Start with bad, end with good. Because you've been, you've been decking us last few weeks with the bad news ones at the end, and it just like sets the tone for the rest of the podcast. Wife bites off husband's penis after he refuses to get rat out of bedroom. I get, hold on. <laughs> How is that? When, when is this article from? How? September 3rd, 2020. Okay. Here, this is all fresh information for me, but I've got a lot of opinions about this already. Why? Did you, how hard did you have to dig for that? Where did you have to uh, go? Not for mirror.co.uk. 
Remember when Lorena Bobbitt cut off yeah. her husband's penis? It was like worldwide news. Yeah. She became a celebrity. His penis became a celebrity. Yeah. Everybody knew about it. This lady bites off her husband's penis and you had to dig to find it because there's so much crap going on in the world that this yeah. is not a story. No anymore. one cares about it. This was a story it. 15 years ago. Yeah, this is a, and it's not a story now. Abraham no. Masunda, 52, from Zambia, was allegedly attacked by his 40-year-old wife following an argument about a rodent. She claimed the animal was pestering her and she bit his penis off. Oh my God, I've got so many questions. How... They're arguing about a rat in the house? A rat. How did she get in position to do that in the middle of an argument? I, I, I think they were sleeping. So the argument was over and she came back with some revenge. That's what it looks some like, Some revenge yeah. later. Yeah. God. The, the cops said that they were sleeping together in the bedroom. I wish that was the most messed up news in the world right now, but it's not even close. And she caused a major tear sinking her teeth into his genitals. So, so didn't, maybe he didn't get not, it right. She didn't get it right off. Not clean off. I hope not. If you're going to commit to that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you might as well go for it, right? <laughs> like, like how hard do you think you'd have to bite? Oh my God. Like fairly hard. Like really hard. They say that to bite your own fingers off, all you need to do is put the amount of pressure in that you'd need to, to bite a carrot. No chance. I bet you, you couldn't do it. <laughs> no, no, there's no chance. That's not true. You can't bite through bone the same as you can bite through a carrot. That's ridiculous. I don't know how we're ever going to find out. Where did out. you read this now? God, this having us have you research these topics has put you into a bad place. It's put me in a bad place. <laughs> I've come up with some crazy stuff. Okay, so anyways, I like moral of the story is if there's a freaking rodent in your Just house, get the rat, get out, the out, rat out. Yes. Save your gen. <laughs> Save your... <laughs> Yikes. Okay. okay. Number two. I'm on, like, I'm, oh. I'm tense right now. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, You're feeling it. I'm, I'm thinking about what do I, what? Phantom bite. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to my honeydew list. My wife left me before <laughs> she left and I'm like, frick, she comes back tomorrow. What do I got to get done? Oh yeah. Did you get all the rats out of that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to make sure that's not on the list. That's for sure. So entrepreneur offers ghost ship tours of moored cruise ships in the English channel. That's kind of cool. What's a moored? I don't know what that means. A moored. It's like they're ocean. stuck there. Like they're floating out. They're at floating. Sea. Yeah. That's kind of cool though. Yeah. I'm, that's not super weird. There would be a lot of people that would be interested in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't actually go on board them though. Oh, well then next. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what does he do? He just, just, they just drive by them and they talk about them. Okay. Well, that I mean, story got instantly it, it, yeah, less cool. It instantly got less cool, although you can still get their Wi-Fi as you drive past the ship. Off the ship. Yeah. So I'd be in, so they're not that old of ships then. This this story is eroding. Yeah. Story. Okay. <laughs> let's. So I would, I think it would be very cool if these were actual like older ghost ships. And I don't mean mm. like pirate ships from 300 years ago. I mean, like even old. if they were like, even if they were like 60 years old. Yeah, that'd be super Floating cool. out at sea and you could walk through and if everything was kind of like still there. the Dusty. Like, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be super cool. So Like ghost towns. He needs to go back to the drawing board in his business plan. Like that's like a tour of freaking empty houses in the Regina. 
Yeah, it's not. Oh, even, here we are at has, 619 <laughs> Hamilton Street. It's less than that. Uh, nobody lives here anymore. You, you can't can go see in. by the <laughs> siding that um, it's a little bit in disrepair. <laughs> no, one's, so, no one's been by to cut the lawn. Uh, what happened inside? Uh, nothing to my knowledge. I don't know that anything <laughs> happened. Uh, they just haven't known to rent it yet. If you get close enough, um, you can still pick up the Wi-Fi. You, you can see that there's a bit of dust on the windowsills there for sure. Um, <laughs> like, it's the worst tour idea. I mean, it sounds like a good idea. It the sounds disparity, like a scam. The disparity between the potential and the reality of this is like, it's huge. Get on them. <laughs> it's huge. There's, it's like there is a lot of lost opportunity there. Uh, that, is that it? That's it. That was a boring two story. No, I got one more. I got the good news story. Oh, I saved okay. it. I saved it. I thought you sorry shorted me today. Anheuser Busch's new non-alcoholic dog beer, four dogs, quickly sells out. Yes, it's a pork bone bone broth beer. They sold out their first day. <laughs> so, that, so, I'm on board with this. Buy a beer for your dog. I'm on board because some dogs like beer. Yeah. And I would rather people feed their dog non-alcoholic beer than the assholes out there who think it's funny to get their dogs blasted. Not like cool. Those people are whatever. They got their own issues. Um, speaking of people who should have their penises bit off. Those people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm on board with this. Yeah, right. And I bet you, I'm not surprised they sold out. People love their dogs. You release things for dogs and it's a pretty smart play. So when you when you buy the beer for your dog, do you buy a six pack and then do you do you drink a few? Do you I would <laughs> I would try one. I would try one. It's made with uh pork, corn, celery, mint, turmeric, and ginger. Do dogs appreciate these seasonings? So <laughs> I don't I mean dogs eat garbage. So Right. It's like, oh, it's uh, I can really taste oh, the subtle yes. the subtle notes of mint. I think a lot of those are unnecessary. Those are human appreciations. The dog doesn't care. Yeah, they don't care. But anyway, so maybe the, they're trying to make it palatable for humans, though, knowing right that because I would try the it. owner. The they're gonna try it. I feel like I want to buy it to some. Be complete garbage. No, it's gonna probably. It's, it's a decent move. Like when you go to Starbucks sometimes with a dog, and they give you the little uh, what the, the puppuccino. Puppuccino, just whipped it cream. It makes you smile a little yep. bit. And for people that love their dogs, they're like, "This is so good. I love coming to Starbucks." Tim Hortons gives you the. Like the Tim's does something for the yeah dogs they too? do they give you like an old fashioned Timbit because it's just a oh dog. yeah okay yeah I've seen that yeah yeah for your dog. yeah so, although the puppuccino hey. is a much better move it's got a better name that's for sure what do they do they have does Tim's have a fancy name for their donut it's Tim Hortons Timbit it's like a dog dog bit a dog nut dog nut <laughs> back to the back to the <laughs> genitals <laughs> that's actually that's actually really appropriate considering how some people like jokingly say the word donut dog nut dog nut uh it, that you're welcome there Tim you Hortons. go timmy's drinking mcdonald's coffee though we're done with the news okay fine are you okay with that mm. Yes and no. I enjoy the news. I enjoy those more than I'm going to enjoy today's topics. Oh, no. So, <laughs> uh, buckle in. Buckle in. Because <laughs> here we go. Shane set up the greatest <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> Should we talk about what we got going on? Should we give a you wanna, teaser? You want to tease? Are we ready for that? I mean... We kind of just came up with the name yesterday. <laughs> a lot has happened, though, in the last 24 hours to push this thing forward. It has. 
let's not give all the details, but let's just say that we have another podcast brewing, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Brewing. Bri- <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, Bryce and I are doing another podcast, which I think a lot of people on this podcast may appreciate too. Yeah, I think it'll be Some cool. of them, right? It's not a decking podcast. It's more of a business entrepreneur podcast yep. that we're going to do. Um, but I think it'll be cool. So uh, stay tuned for details on that. And oh. uh, we'll leave it at that for now. You know what we should do? What's that? Oh, we're not prepared at all. Don't worry about it. I was going to say we should give away the camel lever. <laughs> <gasps> we're not prepared at all. We'll have to do that uh, some other way. We'll give that away. Okay, anyway, today's topic is... The, we're going to talk about the biggest debates in the industry right now as it stands in 2020. Now, we did a podcast a couple months ago that was, I don't remember the name of it. It was something to do with controversial it's building controversial practices. Topics. This, there might be a tiny bit of overlap here, but I've tried to leave the kind of more mundane, kind of small pity crap out of this and yeah. be more kind of like actual legitimate topics that people kind of debate. Um, that there's not really a right or wrong to necessarily just like differing opinions on. So Mm -hmm. the Instagram people that are in here too, I think if they have any inputs as to other debates that you're hearing out there in the industry that feel free to, to chime in and maybe there's not enough context yet to know what that is. But after the first couple, you can be like, Oh, I see what they're doing. Oh yeah. The first one is the obvious one that we've talked about quite a bit recently because we did a double episode podcast on steel framing. And so the debate between wood and steel framing right now has never been hotter than it is at the moment. Especially with all the fires in California. Is California burning right now? Yeah. <laughs> like in the forest or in the streets? Like in the forest. <laughs> okay. People are buying their own fire trucks. Seriously? Yeah. Once again, the news is so full of other crap. You didn't even know. Last, last week I had one about a guy putting out his house fire with beer. Was that last okay. week or the year before? before? Oh, yeah. You told me about that one. Yeah, and I, light. I debated. I didn't think that was possible. But you told me it happened. He did it. With 30 liters of beer. 30 liters of beer. I don't think that's possible. I didn't think, don't think that's enough beer. But wood versus steel. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have, have, have to worry problem. about it. Right? So the debate between wood versus steel, the reason it's hot right now is because of what's happening with wood, not necessarily what's happening with steel. Now to preface that though, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I'm not prefacing in it because I already said it and I can't, no, can't take preface something that's been said already. You can try. To suffice it. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's making up words. Uh, steel had made some moves recently to become a little bit more topical even before what happened with wood right now is happening uh Mm -hmm. i talk about steel it's just a raw material some brands like fortress came out what i'm talking about is fortress came out with steel framing that kind of made some advancements on what was out there systematized it a little bit made it a little bit more friendly to get into from a price perspective and a usability perspective made it a bit more attractive just kind of like improved on what was out there a little bit Mm -hmm. which then kind of made people pay attention a bit more to this idea that, hey, maybe at some point I should start looking at steel framing, at least for my higher end projects. Yeah. If not all, right? So that was already kind of happening in the last kind of year or two because of that, because of Fortress coming out, Trex has had their system in place for a while. There's other like steel stud manufacturers that are paying more attention to the usability of steel in decks now as well. So mm-hmm. you may not have heard of them as much, not promoting themselves, but there's been steel stud manufacturers are like, yeah, you can use our like H steel for 
objects. It, There's nothing stopping you. They're light gauge steel studs. Right. And so go ha- go ahead. But it's just not a system, so it's not as right. easy and friendly to get into. So it, it takes a guy like Scott from Precision who works with a lot of steel to be like, yeah, I can make that work. Mm-hmm. I can buy raw goods that's not systematized and make, that, make a deck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happening already. Now, combine that with the fact that wood is now both scarce and expensive this year. Yeah. Did it go up again? It's good. Like we've had price increases in June, July, and August. I haven't seen one for September yet, but like there's still a lot of September to go. Yeah. So, and to be fair, the prices increases that we saw in June, July, August didn't come at the start of the month. They came halfway through the month. So there's potential that there's another one coming. Um, Scott from Precision Construction in the podcast, in the Instagram now says, we forgot to bring in the fireproof aspect of steel framing on the episodes we did. And like, yes, there's that. Yeah. So, uh, because some areas require it. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, some commercial spaces do, or if you're in like, I don't know, some areas require like fire rated decking and framing. And Mm -hmm. so therefore in some places you've been coating your wood with something that gives it a a higher fire rating, or you've been doing different things with steel by its very nature, uh, (laughs) is not wood (laughs) doesn't burn unless you build trade centers out of it. And so, whoa, (laughs) whoa, whoa, leave that alone. Um, so there's that. So the wood wood has gone up in price a bunch this year. It's hard to find. And now people are saying like, maybe now's the time. I can now yeah. get steel and not that it's come down a bunch, but it did come down a little bit at the start of the year and wood's gone up a little bit. So the gap is closing. The availability of the steel seems to be, it's no, no worse than wood. Like if you, that's a distribution thing. It's a little yeah. bit tougher to find for some people, but it's not in shortage because in the same way that lumber is, it just may not be available in your area. Right but you can get it. It's available. This doesn't seem like a debate. It may not, but there is a debate though, because some people, and I don't know how much we should value their opinions, but some people push back and be like, stupid, steel, stupid, completely unnecessary. Ah, it's an advancement, man. Steel will be here and gone in no time. No, nobody's going to do it. Why don't you just make it out of aircraft grade, alloy aluminum if you want to really do it right instead Maybe of eventually like, so they go on these stupid rants like that but anyways so there's a bit of a debate and there's for sure a debate for a homeowner who's kind of in that fringe budget where it's like maybe it's not a super high index so it's a little bit harder to squeeze the price of steel into it or whatever they may have that debate to make up in their own mind is mm-hmm. it worth spending a little bit more money on the steel mm-hmm. and in our episode with scott we talked about how sometimes it's not any more money, but I, was, no. I think it's safe to say if we're talking about the systems, which is probably what people are going to find and buy at retail and install as contractors first before they get into just using like gauge steel potentially, then it's yeah. probably, in most cases, it's probably a little bit more money. So there is a debate for customers to decide whether they want to spend the extra money on steel. I mean, it's a scary product. Like people are, there's a lot that people just don't know about it, right? Yeah, there's... Like anything that there's unknowns with, people are hesitant to get on into it right away. Yeah. And like, this isn't some new, whatever, like steel framing is not new. And it's been around for a long time. Steel is not new as a construction material. It's just like used in this aspect now. It just takes people a little bit of time to wrap their heads around it. Contractors specifically, because 
most contractors care about efficiency Mm -hmm. and they want to kind of get in, do a great job, finish the deck as efficiently as possible so they can move out to the next one because every minute is a dollar. Mm. And so to go then switch your, you know, your crew that's been using the same materials for whatever, three years, six years, 15 years, 25 years, however long they've been together. And that can just fly through wood frame decks. Yeah. They don't even want to take the couple steps back to familiarize themselves with this new system to then maybe have the benefits of its lifelong mm-hmm. um, because it'll slow them down for a little bit and it's going to cost some money in the now. Yeah. So there's hesitancy there. I mean, this is a, this is like you and I both listen to Gary V quite a bit and he always mm-hmm. talks about that people when it comes to their lifestyle, aren't willing to eat shit for a little bit no. to get to enjoy the rest of their lives. Like people get to a certain level of comfort in their own lives their, you know, the money they have, the, the disposable cash they spend, the lifestyle yep. they have of going to the movies twice a week or going on trips twice a year. They're not willing to give that up for a year or two. It's easy to be comfortable. To then have yeah. a better life after that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to take the hit now. And the same thing can be said for this. Nobody wants to take the hit now to. Yeah. Because to Scott's point, again, he's going to get a lot of shutouts in here. Steel, once you get used to it, usually way faster than wood. Yeah. Cause it eliminates all the, like all the crap you have to do with lumber, the planing and crowning and whatever, just tape, like being mindful of the different sizes of stuff, the cuttings, a lot of stuff can come pre pre-cut cut to the job right site. The length. Everything's flat, true, straight, whatever. doesn't matter. So yeah. It just snaps together. Yeah. So, so are people worried? Like, do you think contractors get worried about like the, like, uh, like versatility, like the, the, the ability to pivot mid job with steel versus wood you're out on a job framing a deck and you need to change something you can just do it with wood yeah and i think you can just do it with steel too if you are as familiar with it as you are for wood Mm. you know what i mean like got to get there like if some if a home if if scott's building a deck that's 24 by 12 rectangle and somebody comes out and be like ah you know what i think i actually well i think i Whatever. We actually want to jog out here and put a stair land yeah. in here. Like to him, that's not going to scare him away. He'll be like, okay, sounds good. I'll go get some more steel. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I mean, if the customer is like, it's going to be 24 by 12. Oh, we want to go 24 by 14 now. All of a sudden you need longer joists. Well, you're screwed either way. You got to go to get new materials right. either way. I think the change, it's just different. Like it's different tools. I don't think there's an issue there. Once I agree that people probably see that as an issue because they're not familiar with working with steel. Mm-hmm. They know how they would make those changes with wood. Right. And they're and they probably just don't pretty know. similar with steel. They would be no different. Yeah. They would be no different, but they just don't know. Get steel. So therefore it's scary. So, and we're not here to like pick one side of no. the <laughs> debate or not, even though it sounds like we just dig, you're pretty heavy on the steel chain. <laughs> not here to tell you what's right or wrong here. We're just discussing the debates that are out there. Um, leaving that one for later. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the topic of wood, there's a debate right now going on with many homeowners for sure and the odd contractor because of the price of lumber going up. People are now saying like it's September. Um, you know, I've only got a couple more months to enjoy my deck before we kind of like, you know, put the furniture away and hibernate for the winter. Yep. Is it worth me building the deck now at these prices or is the lumber prices going to come back down in the spring? Oh yeah. And so that's a debate that's happening right now with people and nobody knows the answer to that. Nobody can predict what's going to happen with it. However, unlikely that it's going to go all the way back to where it was. 
Um, it's like getting comfortable, man. We can look at the prices of gas for an example on that. Once they go way up, they're unlikely to go way back down. No, uh, they may slide back a little bit, and then but they so yeah, they're still at a buck ten, and you're like, why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the shocking thing was when gas went back down to like 60 some oh, cents man. this summer. I thought I was in high school again. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I haven't seen these prices since like 1994, but anyways, unlikely to happen with wood. So we don't know what's going to happen with wood prices come, um, spring. It's, yep. it, it's going to make our job very difficult this winter booking material because we're going to be a little bit gun shy to book at these prices because what if they go down? It could go down. It may not go down. It could go up. Yeah. Still like we don't know. And so, but I know that the nightmare scenario would be to book a bunch of lumber at high prices and have the prices fall off. That's not ideal. So there would have to be some sort of assurances from the mills, from the distributors to say your winter booking has these conditions on it that if the price does drop back down, you pay that one or you can cancel your orders or Mm -hmm. something. Otherwise, you're not going to get anybody booking anything. So I think generally people in the industry are saying like, it's unlikely it's going to come back down a whole bunch if it does at all not not like a drop off like it's going up right and so right now like we've you know we we held off on increasing our prices as long as we could we've had to now but we still just out of i don't know goodness for hearts and trying to move some material we we have a sale on right now 15 percent off so we're priced for everybody is right now competitively in our market but we're also offering 15 percent off right now so is spring's prices going to be less than the regular price today i don't know is it going to be less than what the sale is that we have on right now no Probably not, but who knows, right? So it's still a good time to buy, I think, now, because what probably will happen, though, because it almost does every year, is that everything else is going to go up. Yeah. Aluminum rail systems every year go up 5 to 7%. Mm -hmm. Composite decking, a lot of times over the winter, goes up 5 to 7%. So, yeah, lumber might drop back 10 or 15%. But if everything else goes up five or 10 and that's 90% of the cost, yeah, you're going to be on the other side of it and spending more anyway back in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be scared off of it at this point. Now that said, some guys in the States are saying that they're getting five quarter by six treated lumber, treated decking prices at like over $2 a linear foot US dollars. That's messed up. That's really high. That is that's super crazy. high. Our increased price right now is at a dollar... 30 or dollar 40 somewhere in there canadian per oh, linear wow. five quarter wow. we started the year at 99 cents so it's gone up about 40 percent, but it's nowhere near what some of these guys in the u.s are dealing with right now so is that just because they can't find it like uh, is that just like a supply demand like some guys hoarding it and yes so undoubtedly like the price increases that we've implemented um like we're, we're good guys price we're really good guys yeah I <laughs> I say that yeah. with, I say that with a smile on my face, but honest to God, we're Wade and I are not the type of people that are going to try to like sneak every time we can. And it's like there's right. an opportunity to screw people, and make more money here. We're just not those type of personalities. No. We held off on these price increases in spite of our competitors increasing their prices and our distribution increasing prices to us mm-hmm. gave us every justification to increase prices and say like, Hey, let's make hay while the sun shines on this lumber. We bought cheaper because everybody else has gone up. We didn't do that. We held off on kept it low, kept keeping our prices low just because we didn't have to, like we weren't going to lose money by continuing to sell it at that price. And just as a, like it's shitty for contractors and homeowners to have price increases go up. So if I don't have to do that, I am kind of protecting them in a way. Uh, so that said, um, 
I believe that there are some lumberyards out there. I'm not saying locally. I believe some exist out there that would take every opportunity to say like, make some cash. I've only got a few boards and nobody else can get them. 250 linear foot for deck boards then. Right. And they're like, they're making money right now. That's probably happening in some places. Oh, definitely. So, but the price increases we've done, all we've done is matched. And even our last increase, we reduced our margins. So we didn't even put the full match of what our cost is oh, up. Wow. We kept our margins lower and then put it on sale. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Now Good that I say guy. it out loud, it sounds really dumb. <laughs> I'm going to go downstairs and change that immediately. Get here now. <laughs> but anyway, Scott in the chat says greater versatility with steel. Joist splicing is easier and even addressed in code. Oh, there you go. So there you go. So what I think what he's referring to there is that if you're like, let's say uh, somebody does decide to extend the length of deck, you may not necessarily have to go get longer joists. Just you can some splice them together with bolts and that's like code approved way of doing it whereas you can't really I shouldn't say you can't but you don't do that with wood you just go get new joists yeah longer wood hmm. yep so the build now wait for spring thing is that just referring to price because like I feel like there's a lot of good reasons to build your deck in the fall I yes I was uh, when I wrote that point down, it was in my mind, it was price. Cause that's the debate. People are like, well, I don't know. Should I wait for prices to come down? That's kind of what they're doing right now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good reasons to build in the fall. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's a far better time than in the spring. The problem is that people like they get spring fever in the spring and they want the outdoors and they know they're about to spend the time in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. So then they want to book their job in and it, it results in this massive spike of interest at that time, which then just stresses everybody out. The good thing about doing it in the fall is like just off the top of my head, if we're going to talk about this, if you're building it yourself or a contractor is building it, the weather is much nicer to work in. Nobody wants yeah. to work outside when the temperature is 38 degrees or 107 degrees. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> you don't want to be outside slaving away doing that work outside when it's 20 degrees yeah. or 70, right? Yeah. Much nicer weather to work in. Uh, you can probably, at least for here right now, and in many places, take advantage of some end of season clearance deals on inventory and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So we've got sales on right now that people can take advantage of. You're not going to get that in the spring, less likely to get that in the spring. Um, and if you do get sales in the spring, they're less likely to be genuine good sales. Oh, they're just those sneaky sales. They're more like marketing hey, sales. we're sailing. Yeah. Whereas now it's like guys are like, we need to move some inventory. Yeah. They're putting on actual legitimate sales. Um, so that's another good reason. Uh, number this. The obvious one is you have a deck now instead of in the spring. So if you're the type of guy who wants to barbecue out in the fall or even in the winter, you have that ready to go. Or if it's a if that's a passageway to your outdoors yeah, and you don't have stairs or a deck right now at all, then at least you have that for the winter to get out to your yard or out wherever. Um, contractor availability is typically higher at the end of the season than it is in the spring. So you're not fighting with a bunch of other people trying to get booked in and get your mm -hmm. job built like you call now you're likely to yeah to get scheduled in um what else um you have it when it starts you have it when the spring comes like the first day is warm out you can go out right as soon you as the snow clears off and you're ready to go like you're out there enjoying your deck and your neighbors are are busy phoning around trying to get people to actually show up to do a quote because mm -hmm. if you don't phone till april you're not getting it built till july august or whatever right and that's such a person. heartbreak for those people yeah exactly so there's a there's a lot of reasons to buy to do it now and, outside of the price conversation well and that uh, all of those reasons seem to outweigh the price to me at least 
right? Like if I could have it for spring right now and I'm willing to spend just maybe a little more on the basis of the price might go down or might not go down, like get it now. Yeah, because as we've mentioned before, the framing, which is the lumber part, if your deck is all treated, maybe a different story, but a lot of people are doing composite decks nowadays. The framing is the lowest portion of the whole, the lowest ratio of the whole cost of the project. Mm-hmm. Probably like 15% of the project. Kind right. of 15%. So you're you humming and hawing and waiting to see if the lumber is going to come back down 10 or 15%. But that was only ever $1,500 of your $10,000 deck in the first place. So it might be 150 bucks. Yeah. Is that 150 bucks worth three months of... Or it may not be. Waiting. Or it may continue to climb and it could be 150 bucks the other way. Yeah. So like you're gambling over the price of the cheapest part of the deck while risking that the other 85% the may railing. and is likely <laughs> yeah. to go up. Yeah. Oof. Goes up every year. So... There we go. Okay, we got some comments here. here. Go. Precision construction. He should just be like a host on this now. He's so involved. We should get in him one. in here. Even if the price comes down on wood, if the is the quality going to catch up from the rush to try and meet demand? So that's mm. the other thing we didn't talk about is that uh, there is the industry shut down. The supply wasn't there. People weren't working. The mills weren't milling. The treatments plants weren't treating. Yep. Stuff wasn't moving. So when things came back and the rush happened, they were trying to pump this stuff through as fast as they could. And this is based on zero research. I don't actually know this, but the hearsay out there is that they're trying to push things through the logistics chain faster than normal. And so people are saying, well, the quality of the lumber that's coming through is probably not as good. It's probably greener when it goes under treatment. It probably doesn't get treated as long. But these things are, some of them may be true and some may not. I think, I do believe that they're probably reducing their requirements on the quality of lumber that's coming out. So if what your treated lumber used to be was, you know, number two grade or whatever, I believe that the requirements to meet that grade have been loosened this year to fill some gaps. So take that for what it's worth. Your lumber may not be as clean as it once was. People are also saying they're noticing that it's coming in much wetter and drying out much faster. And that's probably just a result of like the demand is happening so fast that it doesn't sit at the treatment plant out in their yard and dry a bit before it gets shipped to the dealer and then out. It's basically going out of the treatment plant, tarped onto the truck, gone. There's just not as much dry time before it shows up on site. And so that could be playing into that a little bit as well. So there's that. Uh, another comment here from Alexander Deck and Rail. Quality of wood is already trash. What do you think the true lifespan of wood is that's been produced in the ba- in the past couple of years? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Precision Construction replies and says, "All I know is that the lifespan can't touch steel lifespan." So this is a like this is where this is a this is a wag right here. It's a wild ass guess yeah. as to whatever. But I mean, the the voice of the industry that you know we are all a part of has kind of hinted the fact that treated lumber doesn't last like it used to already before this year Mm -hmm. people used to say you'll get 30 years out of it now people are like you'll probably get 10 which is maybe 15 in some cases less so we were already saying like this stuff is younger girl stuff it's not as tight it's not as dense therefore it's more susceptible to rot and whatever else that was already happening now we're talking about well has the quality dipped even further this year? Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Just trying to catch up, right? <laughs> Time will tell. So Five years from now. <laughs> we'll see. But 
to Scott's point, not an issue with wood <laughs> or with, with steel. steel. Yeah. We're not having this conversation with steel. Steel is steel. Steel will always be steel. Always, right? It'll always be steel. It'll never be a powdered version of steel. <laughs> It'll never crumble into nothingness. Anyway. That's two. Here. Two. God damn. This is going to be a long podcast. Uh, is moisture shield cool or not? This is another debate that comes <laughs> comes in here all the time. And the reason I put this on here, and, it, and it's a debate, is because some people are adamant that it is cooler, and some people are adamant that it's not I don't think it's either way. And then there, yeah, right. And then there, <laughs> and then there's us who are in the middle of saying like, yes, it's cooler, but not as much as people are claiming it is. That's right. So this is still a conversation that people are still out there looking for a composite that doesn't burn your feet off um, because that's what their customers want. And so these conversations happen and people ask like, have you found anything that stays cooler? And then, inevitably somebody's going to pipe in there and be like, well, Azek stays 15% cooler and they're just regurgitating something that Azek told them somewhere right. or whatever. We've not seen <laughs> that's that. It's not happened. Doesn't really, we don't see that. Um, and 15% cooler than what? I don't know. Then composite maybe, I don't know, but inevitably there'll be the, like the three guys in the world that use moisture shield will pop in there. They <laughs> and, love it. And oh, I'm kidding. Moisture shield sells a ton of decking. <laughs> But there's a few like hardcore fans of the cool deck technology lines and they'll pipe in and be like, yep, I can walk on my deck and bare feet in 95 degree weather. How about you? And they like a few guys that are out there a little pompous about it most they? of the time. Uh, and so then, then spurs this debate because then somebody else will come and be like, bull crap. I've used it. Yeah. It still gets hot. And then the guy's like, nope. And then it's just a bunch of yesing and knowing and words, like whatever. So we've so. tested it all. Years ago, we had some test results that we knew what our experience was with it. And we recently did them all again. Mm -hmm. And like we have a fair bit of experience in it, not in installing it and seeing it out like on full decks and getting people's feedback. Ours is more like firsthand testing and seeing it at trade shows and everything Just else. That's it. our experience yeah. with it. Um, so does it stay cooler? Yeah, the light, like the mochaccino color from Cool Deck was the coolest uh, composite board we tested yes. by by fractions of a degree versus another one. It was still hot. It was still hot. Um, it just wasn't as hot as other options. Mm -hmm. Was it 30% less hot than uh, other light colors? No. no. It wasn't even 30% less hot than dark colors. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, it stays cooler. That is a that is true. Without yep. that cool deck technology in that mochaccino color, would that would that board test higher? I'm I'm certain it would. Yes, I am positive that whatever they're putting into that uh, the coating there, the reflective material, does work. Mm -hmm. It just isn't enough to make a huge difference on your deck. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly driven by color. So you do you have to buy? Uh, Moisture shield cool deck technology to get a deck that stays less burning hot than others? No. No, it's one of the options. Mm -hmm. You could also just buy a light colored deck. Yeah. And it will get you just as just about as close. Or a pair of shoes. Yeah, or, or <laughs> just wear shoes in your deck. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a big debate. I, I don't know how when there's like actual... <laughs> There's opinions and then there's like facts. And in our opinion, I feel like we have facts because we've tested it a bunch of times and mm -hmm. through 11 different intervals on two different years on three different days. Mm -hmm. 
And the data we're seeing the proof is, is in like, the pudding, man. It's the answers in between. Yes, it stays cooler. Yeah. No, it's not cool. No. <laughs> and nor is it 30% less than whatever they tested it against. Which And they've marketed it in a way where it's cool deck technology, not I can walk on the deck in 90 degree heat technology. Right. And I believe that that color and other color, like light colors, like those cool deck ones and the lighter color ones we tested at 90 degrees, you can walk on them and they're, yeah. they're warm. They're not burning hot, but if it's 110 out now, we're talking like even the cool deck ones are going to be toasty on the feet. Yeah. If it's 120 out, they're all hot. Um, it's just the dark colors that get there, get there at lower temperatures, but that's obvious. Like the color thing is obvious. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, back to the comments here. We have, um, what do we got here? Alexander says, pressure-treated LVL versus steel uh, for beams or for the entire construction, I wonder. I'm not sure. Maybe he was replying to somebody on that one. I'm not sure. Uh, Newcastle Build says, we've been tearing out five-year-old rotting wood decks for the last five years. Wood's a dinosaur. Time to move on. Steel is easy once you embrace it. And Precision says, preach. Preach. So there you go. There's the kind of stuff people are experiencing. So there's steel, steel just removes any doubt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can sit here and debate all day how long the wood's going to last. None of us really know. Some of them might be five years. Some of them might be 20 years. Some of them might be 15. But with wood, it was steel. there's no debate. It's not going to Steel run. is like, just going to. It's going to be warranted for 25 years and then last beyond that. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yep. 100%. It's steel. Composite versus PVC. This is a debate. People debate this. Yes. Uh huh. Why? Well, because I think there's a real. Mm, I think there's a real debate here to be had. I do think that the benefits of PVC outweigh the benefits of composite, mostly. So it's better to get PVC most of the time. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just get to the next one. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, we have an episode from way back when. I don't know what it is. Probably episode like it's single digits. Like it's likely oh, well. six or seven. That's com- all you need to know about composite versus PVC. So I believe there was like 13 things or whatever uh, to know the differences between the two. That said, it's a constant debate. And because there's pros and cons to both, that means the debate won't end. Right. Because there's always going to be people on both sides of it. Go back and listen to that podcast for a full list. Off the top of my head, the benefits of composite are the fact that you can get lower cost composite boards, which you're probably not going to get lower cost PVC boards. Mm -hmm. Um, PVC boards generally are at the cost of like a mid to high range composite. They don't really have low price points like a composite might be. So price can be one of them. Uh, Density to impact. A lot of PVCs will dent easier than a composite because they're not as dense. Some brands are very good for impact. For example, like Vecca uh, deck is quite durable to impact as well. So like depends on the brand sometimes, but oh, those fiber on prominent ones were fiber on prominent was very durable to denting as well. So there are some out there that are, that hold up better, but as a general rule of thumb, I would say that uh, composites do perform better as far in dent tests. Um, what else for composite um they don't expand and contract as much so they do expand and contract but they don't expand and contract as much as pvcs so they're a little bit more thermally stable um you know that's probably the big things for composite now pvc lighter to work with is one of them yeah 
Um, you typically have much better traction on them is another one. Uh, the warranties are typically longer because there's no wood fiber in them. The install requirements are less stringent because there's no wood in them. So you mm-hmm. can install them anywhere for the most part, not have clearance requirements, whatever else. Uh, so there's that. Um, yeah, those are probably the main things from the PVC side. So from purely from working with them, PVC is obviously the nicer one to work with. It screws right. down easier. It It's lighter. It cuts cleaner, all this stuff. Um, but there's pros and cons to both. And then you have these other categories like decorators, Eovations line or mineral-based composites mm-hmm. that kind of aren't really, they kind of have their own pros and cons. Right. And almost a little bit the best of both worlds. So, you know, the concerns, so they have a lot of benefits of PVC, lighter weight to work with. Lighter weight, yeah. Um, they still do have the density f- um, of composite though, so they don't mm-hmm. Im- impact intent as much, but they've also got that thermal stability that's way better than both of them. So it's like the one major drawback of PVCs is the fact that it does expand and contract and move quite a bit more. So if you could solve that, then you've got a product that's like maybe undeniably better than composite and decorators has kind of done that with this product. So you've got these three categories, um, but the big one is obviously composite versus PVC because those are the the big brands are in those two categories. Uh, And when I say composite, I mean wood plastic composite. Mm -hmm. And so there's no right or wrong to that. People have their preferences. Uh, and it can depend on your market. If you're in a really cold market that the thermal stability comes into play more then maybe you want to stick with a composite that doesn't move as much as a PVC. Or you look at it and be like, what does it matter if the bruise in the apple is this big or this big? If it's got a bruise, it's not like it's got a bruise. It's already not ideal. So what does it matter if it moves a little bit more? There's also that way to look at it too. But anyway, I've I've noticed that the colors seem to be better on the composite side than the PVC. Just from a look. Oh, I was going to say that one and then I was like, nope, that's that's just an opinion thing. And I don't know if it's true because I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say a lot of times the PVC yeah. ones seem to have like, I think, nicer, truer looker looking color. Oh, really? But if you think the opposite, I'm glad Man, I didn't say I it. I think because- the composite ones, I like all okay. the composite colors that I see, like high end, which is basically where you're going to be for PVC, yep. like the high end prices. I feel like the composite colors are more interesting. Okay. So there you go. That's just I mean, the high, end, the high end boards like Trex Transcends line, coloring's beautiful. Uh, Fibron's Horizon line, coloring's beautiful. TimberTech has some beautiful coloring, and especially in the Reserve line and even mm-hmm. their um, their Legacy line. Those are all composites from the big brands, all beautiful coloring. But then you look at like Azek Vintage. Okay, well, I think that's one yeah. of the nicest, most realistic looking boards out there. That's a PVC. Yep. If you look at uh, Fibron uh, promenade, basically a knockoff of vintage. Mm-hmm. So it also looks just like really nice as well. If you look at like Wolf PVC, I think that's some of the nicest coloring in the whole market. That's a PVC. So, and then if you look at decorators, decorators, which is the mineral based composite, like unbelievable colors and like super oh, attractive. Super cool so I don't think that that, I don't think the coloring is a result of the makeup of the board, the manufacturing at all. It just depends on what, mm. what coloring they've decided to add to the cap of the board. Right could be could be the core could be anything so um now to extend on this a little bit we have a trex versus timber tech this one comes up a lot because trex is obviously the number one brand in the market everybody that's in decking world knows trex has had experience with trex it's the most well distributed product out there the most well marketed yeah um except for saskatoon yeah our market it's a fiber market in saskatoon it's a trex market in regina yeah so you're going to have pockets where things are more popular or whatever. And TimberTech is actually the, like Fibron's not one of the big brands. There's a big gap between the number two and number three. Um, but Trex and TimberTech are 
they go head to head. Yeah. Uh, and there's Trex fans out there and there's TimberTech fans out there and each one will swear at the other's products <laughs> and say like, Oh, I've used Trex, whatever it's garbage. The support from TimberTech is way better. And then the next guy will be like, I've been using Trex for 30 years and I've never had a problem with it. And it's been rock solid. I could use TimberTech a few times and it was all warped and bl-. like there's, right. There's guys that go back and forth and so there's no right or wrong answer. They're both good products. Have they both had their issues? Of course, every Every, Every manufacturer of anything has had a problem. Yeah. Samsung's Galaxy Notes used to start on fire. Does it mean that Samsung doesn't know how to make a good phone? No. No. It means that sometimes you inevitably have some failures. I mean, you like Samsung. Uh, yeah, they're fine. Or I guess you have. A, I have a Huawei. Huawei. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't sure where you I forgot about that. It's been a long time since I owned a Samsung, but sure. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so there's no right or wrong answer in that either. You pick what's available to you. You pick which program supports you more. You pick like, if you're a contractor in Regina, you're going to get a lot more support probably from the Trex reps because it's just, there's more Trex in town. There's more dealers. Therefore the rep mm-hmm. is here more often than you are TimberTech. If you're in Saskatoon, you're probably going to get more, uh, favorable treatment from not favorable treatment. You're going to get more hands-on time with the reps right. or not with fiber on than anybody probably because they have more mm-hmm. uh, stores that carry their stuff there. So the yep. reps in town more often and it's more available. There'll be less headaches trying to get it. So this one can honestly come down to like, see what's available in your market. Where do you shop? What do they carry? They're both good products. They've both got their pros and cons. They both have good loyalty programs. So I'm not picking a side in this debate. They're, they're both good. They're both they're good. good. They're both got good boards. I always tell people when people come in, the way our stores are organized, we've got the big composite brands kind of on the wider shelves in our stores and then the and then Decorators and Wolf on the like smaller shelves just because they're smaller lineups. And I always tell people that don't know these brands when they come in, it's like, and maybe I shouldn't use this, but I'm like, it's Ford, Chevy, Dodge. The flaw you in that argument... shouldn't say that to people. <laughs> the flaw in that argument <laughs> is that people are like, which one's the Ford then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I either want that one or I don't want that one. I'm just going to go with the dodgeboard. You don't even have to tell me what it is. Yeah. So sometimes I stay away from that because like, people get passionate about that. It's a silly joke, but <laughs> I've, I've also used the Coke and Pepsi. However, it's hard to pick a third in that fight. Uh, RC like Cola. RC Cola. Is like the, <laughs> but I, I also often say um, Coke or Pepsi too. It's like Coke or Pepsi. And people will be like, jokingly, they'll be like, well, which one's the Coke then? Because Pepsi's disgusting. Like the brand loyalty <laughs> comes out, right? But that's that's what we're talking about here. Two really great brands, two big brands. Can't go wrong either way. Uh, now the next one that pops up all the time, where I'm saying these are popping up is just in the community of like Facebook groups and Instagram and wherever else that deck builders of the world congregate. Right. The next one that's really starting to come up is now Trex versus Decorators. Again, Trex being the number one brand has the number, like the most number of brand loyalists, brand mm-hmm. supporters, there, brand influencers. lots of them. And so they they will sing the praises of Trex. Now, there is quite a number of decorators fans that are popping up now. Contractors that have made the switch to decorators from something else. They love it. They feel like it's the best product. They're now being vocal about it. Um, so you've got these fans of brands out there playing both sides. And so... This year, I would say I've probably seen that Decorators debate come up tracks. more often than even the Trex and TimberTech debate, to be honest. And so, again, there are two great brands, great warranties, great programs. Trex is bigger. Trex is more available. Trex has solid programs. They've got price points at every line. Um, Decorators does make a wood plastic composite as well as that. a yeah. mineral-based composite. Um 
the people that are like big brand fans of decorators are there because of the mineral-based composite. Right. They may use some of the wood plastic too, but the benefits that they always talk about are with relation to the mineral-based stuff. I what I heard from one guy, and I believe, I believe it was Adam Drova who's in the Facebook groups, and I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but he'll be he'll appreciate his shout out now if he does. He put it very well the one time in a comment and said that basically decorators, this new decorator stuff, the voyage feels like the next generation of composite. So there's been generational changes. When composites first came out 15 years ago, uh, probably 20 years ago now, um, time flies, hey? From uh, the time we opened the store, we're five years later. Uh, they used to be made a certain way. Right. Things have advanced quite a bit throughout the years. There's been a few major advances, such as like capping the comps. It was a huge advance. And so um, that was a generational change. That basically made uncapped composites obsolete in a way because there was very few drawbacks to going to the capped composite, but there was many, many issues Mm -hmm. fixed by doing it that way. These guys are saying like, this mineral-based stuff feels like the next generation of it. And so he's like, you know, a lot of the benefits, but fixing a lot of the potential problems he had even still with capped composites. Right. So that's how it's been kind of framed by some people and, and hard to disagree with that. That said, those same people have also said like, listen, I'm a huge fan of the decorators lines that are out today, but I have no doubt that the next line gonna get that checks comes out with is going to be the best board that comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's, they've been in that, in this guy's opinion, Decker's maybe has leapfrogged the industry with his technology, but that doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever. The other guys are undoubtedly working on something to improve. Oh again, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. I mean, it seems so I was just talking to my eight year old daughter who, yeah, she's eight and she's never seen a home computer. Really? Doesn't even know what one looks like. Think about that. That's how quickly. Like not even a laptop or like a she's desktop. She's seen a computer. laptop. She's never seen a desktop. Like a desktop computer. That makes sense. Right? I don't know that my 13-year-old would even. Uh, but then I told her, that. we when we were younger, we didn't even have internet. Isn't that mind-blowing? Yes. I remember getting dial-up internet. Simpatico dial-up internet. <laughs> Game changer. Um, I saw somebody post on Facebook today. They posted it. It was like close-up picture so you couldn't see what it was. But it was a page from a TV guide. Oh man. <laughs> and it basically like commenters like if you like if you know what this is, like you're old, the kind of thing, right? You're really old. And I forgot about TV guides, but I saw that and I was like, oh my God. It was like it flashed me back to like, I don't know, age five or six at my grandparents' house because we never had TV guides in my house, but my grandparents always had the TV guide. Yeah. And when it was time to like find something on TV, you flip through the book to find out what time on what day it was on and what channel it was on. Yeah. Through a freaking paper book. And I forgot about it, it but that was like too. instant flashback. I was like, holy smokes, yeah. can you <laughs> It just feels like the that like that kind of advancement that's that we've seen, right, in all of these technologies, even TVs, right? TV guides. TV guides are on your TV now. Do you remember when that happened? Yes. Like that was crazy. So yeah, when the when the guides were on came on the TV, but they were just a rolling guide. Like yeah. you couldn't go to Oh yeah, whatever. that was the, you the had one to wait channel. And like it would flip three up at a time, pause, three up at a time. And now you go to Did hotels and many hotels are still like that. You have to roll that's a, and you remember like how archaic and shitty that is. Yep. Um just to scroll back in here a little bit, the the guy by the name of Alexandre. Alexandre. Alexander Alexander the Deck. 
the great <laughs> Alexander the Great, the deck, the deck rail, uh, said he was referring to pressure treated LVLs as joist beams and posts. Uh, because they have 25 year warranties on LVLs. So I don't, um, I don't have much experience with them to comment on because some treated lumber has big warranties too. I don't know if the 25 year warranties, how many, how much fine print there is. I do know that we, we tried to bring those in this year. Um, our distributor had released uh, LVL stair stringers, pre-cut stair stringers, pre-cut at seven and a half, 10 by 10 and a half. Okay. Pre-cut, one to ten rise uh, to ten step uh, stringers, and so we brought those in. They're pre-cut. The reason we brought them in is because LVLs perfectly straight, no checking, no twisting, no warping. They can sit outside in the sun, and they're like because be they're basically thick sheets of plywood, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And so they're great for stair stringers for that reason. And what we asked the distributor of those at the time, I think they're made by Plygem, but the distributors are our lumber distributor. Was can we get these? in blanks, like not pre-cut because our contractors don't like using pre-cut stringers for obvious reasons. They'd like to cut them custom for every job. So can we just get the two by 12 right. LVLs pre-treated stocked? And they looked into it and they came back and said, yep, here's the pricing. We ordered them in 12 foot and 16 foot lengths, two by 12 and never got them. So <laughs> like the lumber year, I don't know why we didn't end up getting them, but I remember checking back in halfway through the year and then being like, oh yeah, we never, uh, we never got those in. So, well. We were hoping to take a run at them this year. Not so much used for joists necessarily, but probably used for beams and used for stair stringers. And they'd be great in those applications. Would they be cheaper? No. Than lumber? No. No? I like... No. They'd be a lot more. Would they be cheaper than steel? Uh, no. Oh, wow. So why would you use them? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I believe when I did the math on them, I think like a two by 12 LVL was about two and a half times the cost of a two by 12. It like, probably lumber. weighs a freaking ton. It would be, yeah, it's dense stuff. Yeah. And then, so the stringers though, the stringers are cut from, I don't know, anything from two by 10 to two by 14 or 16 even, because the bigger, the more rise you get, the more throat they left on the board, which means they cut them out of a bigger piece. That's the thing about LVLs. You can come to whatever size you want. Mm hmm. Um, so they're a good option too, but to the point you just made, they're not any cheaper than going steel. So, um, and I guess you have some, some ba decisions back to, to the, back to the steel thing. Like when we did the steel podcast, you could get rid of a bunch of your tools to save you money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there's not like a big transfer over to get into steel as, as much, like as much of a cost as people think. No, that's right. Yeah, I think those podcasts, part one and two with Scott, really dispelled a lot of the myths and the fears about mm -hmm. uh, switching to steel. So, and the, one of the big ones being like, well, I don't have all those tools. I have to invest in new tools. And he, his point was like, there's a lot you don't need not, now. Not really. Yeah. Do you not own a grinder already? Well, exactly. I do own a grinder. Okay. So then <laughs> what tools are you worried about? Well, I need like a cold cutting saw. Yeah. Well, you don't need one, but sure. Sure. But sell your router and your miter saw and buy one. Like, yeah, exactly. Trade it in. Um, Quigley Cable Rail says, 20 years ago, customers did not know of cable railing as an option. Today, they're asking for it. I predict the same for steel framing, but in a shorter shorter time span. Yeah. I agree with that to an extent. The thing with customers, though, is that they care very little about what's underneath that they can't see. When they need to make changes mm -hmm. and save money, <laughs> they... They often want to try, try to save money on the stuff they don't see. Yep. The cable rail is a visual thing. They know they want that. Um, easier to sell that because they can see it and appreciate it daily. Whereas the stuff that's underneath your deck, they may not be as passionate about. But certainly the um, 
the awareness of steel framing as an option is going to increase only as the dealer presence increases because in spite of what many of us think that are in the industry and passionate about it and research stuff, average Joe is not going to be exposed to steel framing until he sees it at the stores. Well, and the price comes down. And the price comes right, up. like for they may systems. do some online research and shopping, and maybe might come across it at some point that yeah. way. Um, but that's going to take a, quite a while. So once once the the contractors and the dealers start um, having it on hand and promoting it at that level, yeah, I think only then will there become like mass awareness at the consumer level. And my point the other day, I mean, one of the posts was, I don't know that we're ever going to see steel take over the entire market. Lumber is always going to be there. Steel will make a pretty good sized dent in the, in the higher end market. Mm-hmm. The premium, oh yeah. That's premium where it market. should be. Yeah. But somebody who's coming in to build a pressure treated or cedar deck is not going to do that in steel framing. No, it's just not going to happen. Even a budget composite deck, probably unlikely it's going on steel framing. So, um, there's room for both probably. Uh, Scott from Precision Construction says, you're quickly, you're right. Two years ago, people were usually surprised when I talked about steel. Now people contact me because they have researched and want steel and know that's what we do. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. His, his calls would be skewed. I'm going to say, because he's only going to get the calls. He's going to get the calls from the people looking specifically for steel because he's the steel guy. They've already found it. Right. He, they research steel, they're going to find him. Mm. Um, the average deck builder down there is probably not getting as many steel calls as Scott would be. But regardless, there's it's undoubtedly growing, as we talked about at the start of the show, it's undoubtedly growing its awareness quite a bit this year, mm-hmm. at least within the industry, and that's going to filter down to the homeowners all. Yep. The last one. Frick. I don't know how we do this sometimes. How does it always Ramble get to an hour? It's like we can't plus? do them less than an hour nope. and 20 minutes now. <laughs> Doesn't happen. The final debate we're going to get into. Traxxas! Your favorite. Is this How do we do this? Like, everybody's been waiting for this one. They Everybody knew it was coming. Traxxas. They knew that the whole reason we even made this episode was for the Traxxas. And we had to just fill, fill the rest of it. <laughs> so this one's in there kind of as a bit of a joke. But it's, it's a debate. It's always a debate as to whether people need or want them. And every day, a non-believer is turned into a believer. Mm. They're happening more How and more How do I know this? Now. Because they tag us. <laughs> We've become such a voice for track saws in the industry. Track saws. That anytime somebody buys a track saw, we get a, a, a DM or a tag or something to say like, We love our track Well, saw. I finally did it. <laughs> the Ultimate Deck Podcast convinced me to get a track saw. And so it keeps happening. And I'm going to stick with my claim that nobody that's ever bought a track saw has regretted buying a track saw. No. They all come back and be like, I should have done this sooner. I was wrong. I yeah. don't know why I fought this for so long. It's amazing. And in spite of this happening over and over and over again, the holdouts still sit there oh, and say man. that they don't, you don't need tracks. Why yeah. would, why so would you, you not want something that makes your life easier? That's what I think. It's yeah. a, it cuts a straight line for you. This argument is like, there's two highways between here and Saskatoon. One <laughs> the speed limit is 90 right. kilometers. Yes. 50 miles. And it has a bunch of turns and it winds through and it's single lane. Mm-hmm. The other highway is a double lane highway. Right? Yep. Yep. Two lanes separated. Lots of room. No other traffic going. Everybody's going the same direction as you. Yep. 
Speed limit's 110. So you're doing 120. And it goes straight to Saskatoon. Yeah. Right there. No stops. These guys <laughs> want to say, well, I've always taken the other highway that goes 90. It gets me there, doesn't it? Yes. I've gotten there every single time. That's true. That's a true yeah, statement. No, nobody's <laughs> arguing that it will get you there, and it and you, it's probably worked for you for thirty years. You've always taken the highway, but they built a new highway that'll get you there faster, right? Safer, yep, in less time. All of those things, which is the same as faster, which is the same as faster. <laughs> it is the same as faster, but less turns. Like it's more more direct route and faster. You can travel on it faster, and it's more of a point A to point B. So right. it's faster for two reasons. Yeah, super fast. And you want to argue with me that that's not the better road to take? I don't know how you can argue this one. Just get a track saw. Right? Yes. I don't I don't even build decks and I want a track saw. Oh, it's $600. What a waste. You have $12,000 of tools in your trailer and right. you don't use $8,000 of them. Yeah. <laughs> You'll use a track saw every time. In a month, you're going to go buy another combo kit from DeWalt and Makita <laughs> just with for batteries eight tools in it four of which you already have the tools and don't need them so you can get some more batteries and have an extra set of drills around in case whatever and that temperature gun. and it's going to cost you 1200 bucks and you still won't buy the tracks on freaking guys so like is the whole debate about track saws is that they can cut a better how could you cut a better than straight line you can't. Exactly. You just have guys who think they can. But you can't. You can't. Even if you could cut a straight line, this makes it easier. This is literally somebody claiming that they can take a big roll of paper and draw a straight line better than somebody with a, f with a ruler. <laughs> it's it's exactly. exactly. That's that the argument. Perfect technology. Because that's all it is. Can you draw... A straight line freehand. No. <laughs> Ish. You might you might have a super steady hand. Yeah. You can snap a chalk line as a reference, and then you can draw your line. And it'll be pretty darn straight. You should, so you just added Some another people. step. <laughs> snap that chalk line. Some people. <laughs> but if you get down an eyeball, it ain't going to be that That's straight. Right. That's or right. you can snap out your meter stick, your yard stick. Remember those? Your yard stick. Boom. Done. Done. Perfectly straight. Way faster. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how this made Yeah, but list. I've been drawing straight lines freehand for 30 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. Is anybody, nobody piped up about track size? I don't know. I was, I got lost there for this a minute. This is in the track zone war. Um, Precision says, Trex and Fortress both have been putting more marketing dollars into steel and awareness is definitely on the rise. You betcha. Newcastle, I have done many pressure trader decking, hardwoods, and cedar over steel frame. Interesting. There you go. Um, I mean, he's committed again to doing only steel framing, I think. And it depends on how you sell it. I'm not saying you couldn't sell somebody a cedar deck on a steel frame. It's, it is entirely possible that you could do that, mm -hmm. but less likely than somebody who's already doing a uh, you know, a higher end product, I think. Uh, and Quigley says, Bryce, I'm Irish. We take pleasure in our misery. <laughs> What's he referring to? Was there, did we say something? We were talking about track saws. Cause I was like, why wouldn't you? Oh. Does Quigley not have a track saw? 
I guess maybe that comment is suggesting that he doesn't. And I thought we were friends. Yeah. I thought we were friends with with uh, Quigs. Not anymore. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay, that's it for me. Hit for you. You yeah, good? Let's go. Um, let's uh, get out of here and... Um, New podcast. We should probably have that up in a week or two. Maybe we'll get something up. Yeah, we'll get something up. Should be good. Week so or two. We'll, uh, we'll tell you more about that as details emerge. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Ultimate Deck Podcast. Brought to you by the Ultimate Deck Shop. Shop with us at www.ultimatedeckshop.com or check us out at all the social networks we can keep up with. Hit us up for any collaboration or sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening.